0: Welcome to the DadBod Bod MTB podcast where obsessed mountain bike parents talk about stuff. Now your hosts, Michael F and Zach Blockett.
1: Alright, we are finally back, Dad Bod MTV. We got Zach as usual and today we have a special guest, the least dad bod of the dad bods, Brian, who's Corbin's dad, who's also on the, the school of Sun Race team. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we just thought, hey, we're here at, uh, we're at Tiger, or Issaquah. Sunny Tiger Mountain, yeah. Yeah. Conditions could not be worse. Liquid sun up here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we um, have a race this weekend, right? The Race Cascadia. It's our second stop in this series at Tiger Mountain in uh, Issaquah, Washington. And uh, we are camping. We decided to, you know, we've had such good weather the last, like, month. Right. And so we have decided to camp. How's that turning out, Zach?
0: Oh, it's fantastic! Yeah, it uh, started raining at nine last night, and it just hasn't stopped. And it's pretty heavy rain too. So it was none of this was forecasted.
1: Yeah, I saw a little bit of rain in the forecast for like today, and I'm like, oh, that might actually be perfect conditions on the trail. Might be hero dirt. <laughs> that's and what I was hoping for? Yeah. yeah, is that? It doesn't seem like that's what it's shaping up to be.
0: No, it's going to
1: be wet and wild. Yep. Yeah. Tail report's coming in. It's, it's pretty sloppy out there now. So sloppy's like one piece, right? I think all of us feel like, okay, mud, you can deal with that. But what is the big problem riding at Tiger? Yeah, N O T G is just all roots, roots, man. Slick roots. A lot of the Washington trails have a lot of roots That's yeah. stuff we don't see in Oregon. So it yeah. changes quickly when it's wet. Yeah. Any any moisture on a root, any attempt to break on a root when there's moisture on it, just riding roots dry seemed to be like, that's a, at our level or above our level, just generally speaking. The kids, we were practicing doubling or tripling the roots yesterday, God. but I just don't know, like, <laughs> is that Can even... Imagine? yeah. <laughs> so so Jaden, the, the bravest of the kids that's up here, you know, he decided to ride today regardless of the weather, and I asked him for a trail report, and as I pulled up, and he's completely soaked in mud. And he's like, it was so wet and it was so sketchy. He's like, I just rode slow. He, all those things we practiced. Yeah. Couldn't do any of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The no. fast lines are gone. Yeah. I think you said he was riding it like a Strider bike with his feet out. Yeah. yeah he
2: said he had to put his feet down and just kind of like hope to get down alive. Uh, just struggle to stay on the bike. So, yeah.
1: So that's where we're at. you know today but it's also been gosh it's been six weeks since we recorded an episode so we should probably do like a quick dad bod update like what's going on why why do we suck so bad at getting these things recorded yeah um so last episode was hubba palooza
0: yeah right when was that that was april
1: beginning of april yeah
0: Um, more than six weeks yeah so the the school of sun team started up since then the boys are riding twice a week now uh with their team um we've had actually another race the first of the season was the the cascadia dirt cup uh post canyon enduro at our our home home field of hood river um and everybody did great there um now we're trying to (laughs) (laughs) it was a little
2: bit weird at home uh having the first race of the year turn into a complete dust fest um where it got super dry early on essentially a a week before the race we had snow at the top of the trails and dust at the bottom which actually turned into dust all the way through um it looked like late august riding so
1: yeah, and the kids had a great time there, but we definitely noticed a difference between last year's category and the difficulty of the trails they're riding versus the new age category. They all moved up a bracket, so they're running twelve U, which is for kids twelve and under. And in the sport category, which is essentially the same trails that the adults run, yeah, for the same category sport. Yeah. Um, and last year they were all running the ten U, and in the it, they re cast all the categories yeah, like I was called novice
0: last year i yeah. think it was it was something that i could handle last year and this year i'm just way over my head um the boys are doing great of course but for me um <laughs> i'm struggling yeah. Uh, yeah with the difficulty
1: so what are some of the tactics like what are, what are we how are we dealing with that you know because it is get to the point where one we're not keeping up with them on the trails we can handle and two some of the trails that they're riding are you know, maybe above our pay grade, definitely at speed. Yeah. So how are we going to deal with that? You know, that's something we
2: struggled with a lot early on, especially going into this first race when I realized that there was absolutely no way that I could safely ride these trails and stay out of the way of other racers and, you know, providing me service to Corbin. So uh, I enlisted the help of a friend of mine who rode with Corbin, um, who... My friend is a much better writer than I am and they had a blast they had so much fun um and I didn't have to worry about it I, I was so relieved that day when that happened uh and it paid off um he he was there to help Corbin after a crash you know and it happens occasionally they get spit off the trail and and maybe they don't get injured but it really helps to have a parent there or an adult to to help reset their mind, right? There, a panic sets in in these youngsters when they get stuck out in the forest, right? Their bike is on top of them or whatnot. To have someone just say, hey, it's okay. We'll get you out of this, put you back on the trail. And, you know, they, you know, you lost less than 30 seconds, got back on the trail and finished the entire race and had a blast. But without an adult there, like it would have been a lot different.
0: Yeah, I know. Um, I think everybody had a crash at the first race. Um, Sam and Jaden both hooked the same stump on the side of Blade Runner. And I know Sam, we, we watched Jaden's video and, and Sam said I did the exact same thing where he ate it. You know, he had his bike on top of him, you know, you get, you, they kind of sit there stunned for, you know, probably several seconds and then, you know, okay, I can still move my feet. That's good. And then they start getting disentangled from their bike. And so, um, that made me pretty bummed out because, you know, I like, I could have been there, you know, to help him. Um, and that would have made a big difference, I think, in how he, you know, gathered himself. Um, so that's a bummer, but at the same time, he's, uh, you know, he's way ahead of me in terms of skill and it's, the gap is only getting wider. So, um, I think ultimately him learning to, you know, pick himself up without me being there is, is probably... For the best,
1: it is. Yeah, I mean they need they need to grow, and that's a part of the process, right? Is like you're not always going to have your parents there to pick you up in life, right? And mountain biking is the same thing, you know. And so I'm I'm sure that on several trails, two days from now, I'll be 30 to 40 seconds behind Bradley, yeah, and not able to help him if he falls. You know, the same thing happened last year when we were at Sunrise um, race in um, Arizona. They they actually forced me to drop 30 seconds after Bradley. They wouldn't let me go right with him. And he fell on a great 45-degree uh, angle slippery route in a steep section, like yeah. every single turn on N.O.T.G. that we're going to be running here in two days. All right. And he slipped on that. We had practiced it. We told him, de-weight your tire, do not use your brakes, and he still went down on that feature. Um, You know, and I wasn't there to help. You know, I was in, I saw him getting back onto his bike, and there was some really gnarly stuff after that. And that's the same thing with Nenotg is that there's basic uh, features on that trail that are treacherous features in the conditions that we're in today, followed up by treacherous features that are very difficult, you know, if the weather's bad <laughs> on it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, something that, Uh, Corbin and I were talking about the other day is uh, they're now to the age where I think I was when I took my first first aid class and got first aid certified Um, it seems like now is a good time for us to look around and see if there are any offerings for these classes around like to have these kids get some basic
0: first aid knowledge yeah Um, it's a good idea yeah I would suggest that for the school of sand, even, but they probably don't want to <laughs> bring about the, the uh, you know, the thought of how dangerous this is. But yeah, I mean, like, especially once, once that stuff gets wet, I mean, I was sliding on the roots when it was bone dry, um, two days ago. And now I just can't even imagine.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, my thought, at least for, for this race is that I'm going to have to just skip. Uh, notg I, i'm fine on the other two trails i can make my way down without being a nuisance but for notg i'm gonna drop them off at the top i'll ride up there uh, get them in line and then i'm gonna ride the road down and walk up as far as i can and provide any assistance i can or just you know high five them on the way down
1: yeah yep yeah and i'll i'll yeah we've done this in the past with other you know with other riders to like i'm pretty confident i'll make it down the trail with no serious issues because i'll definitely ride within myself which means that i can be kind of there i i think what our plan is is for corbin to drop bradley to drop me to drop in something like that and then you know they'll they'll make their way down i don't know exactly how long that trail is going to take to ride but i think i have a video of it. i'm going to look at that before uh
0: yeah that's a good question yeah for me, I still don't feel comfortable leaving Sam out there, so I'm gonna um I'm gonna try it anyway, even though I have no business being on there. I usually ask him for a good minute and a half, two minutes behind me and just, you know, kinda let the kid behind me know that hey, yell loud and I'll get the hell out of your way. Uh, but
1: <laughs> Well and that's a good part about this trail though. There's no real um there's not really any exposure. Yeah. So you can get off at any point on the trail with no real issues. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's actually yeah, pretty wide
2: and and
1: lots of places
2: to to bail out. Uh, actually in between the features too. Like there's lots of little spots in between each feature. They they do come kind of fast and furious, but there's a pause right in between each one of them so. Sure. sure.
0: Yeah.
1: So then what is and this is something maybe we should be talking to the kids about tomorrow night, right? Cuz I think what our plan is is uh right now is to do this episode which might be you know 20 or 30 minute episode and either combined it with an episode where we're talking to the boys tomorrow night um about like their expectations and about like technique and about things that can help them just get through the day because even though we have good weather in the forecast for them it shouldn't be raining on them while they're riding the the trails are going to be vastly different than any time they've rode them in preparation for this race. Right. Not just because of the weather, but because of how the adults are going to treat them tomorrow. Because the adults all race tomorrow. And my assumption is that they're going to just take the trails apart yeah due to the conditions.
0: Right, right. Yeah, it's going to be a rutted mess out there.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, the conditions I heard was that it had already turned into soup today.
1: So on race day, it'll get much worse. Yeah, just exposes more roots. I've been, like, in my brain all day long just trying to figure out what am I going to do about Bradley's tires, (laughs) you know? And I finally made a decision that I'm just going to have him run his current setup um, because, yeah, because it makes sense. And based on what I know of the front, at least the front tire, the rear one's the really one that concerns me. He's running a Continental Cryptotal rear and an Argital front. And the Argital has got pretty big knobs. It's a two center lugs, no third lug anywhere. It gets rid of mud really easily, so that's good. But the rear one, I'm afraid, is going to get packed up, you know. And you guys are both running, your kids are both running Magic Marys. And what's Corbin running in the rear? He's got, it, oh, He's got a Hans Downseller. So yep. Yeah.
2: Both the soft compounds and the nice thing is that's the only set of tires that we own so those are the ones we're going to run but uh um, <laughs> easy decision but uh they've been a pretty solid performer in kind of like all conditions i think you know they're pretty well recognized
1: for performing every well everywhere pretty well yep. so yeah and if and if for whatever reason early on the they you know lose it they they wash out or they have an issue they reassess their capacity with the equipment they have yeah, yeah on the trail yeah. you right. know right. and that's i know i'm going to because i'm running like the absolute worst tires for this and i would swap them but i'm running cushcore in both front and rear and i don't want to play that game oh, right no. now yeah. <laughs> we are going to play with tire pressure maybe
2: a little bit maybe go down a couple psi and since they're not going to be riding fast they're not going to be hitting stuff hard uh, i think it's going to be a more of a survival day
1: so traction over uh, stability. Might so, be the game. So traction, that's a good topic of conversation, right? Tires are not flat, right? They're rounded. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you are running a tire with more pressure, it's less likely to... There's less surface area, right, touching the trail. Yeah, the contact patch. Contact right. patch, yeah, is smaller. So when conditions get really bad like this, you do let some air out because then you increase your contact patch. The reason to run high pressures would be like free ride days, big jumps when you're, or or like on dry days when you're going to be going over these routes at like mock chicken. <laughs> and they're just, I don't think they're going to be in that position, you know. It's just... Yep. Yeah,
2: I don't think we have to worry about pinch flats or anything like that tomorrow. It's all going to be about getting up and enough traction, even on the slow speeds. I mean, if they're going to be down to the point where they're kind of creeping along,
1: just like hoping to keep the bike underneath them, the more traction, the better. Yeah. So, Bradley runs 19 in the rear, 18 in the front. Uh Oh. And so, we might actually take them down to like 17 in the rear and 15 in the front. He has inserts too, right? Is he just in the rear? Or? In the rear only. He runs Tannis Armor, okay. and I think that's probably, uh, you know, I, I actually was talking to Brian about maybe trying to find a Tannis Armor for his front so I can run it because run it uh, low, low pressure in the front mm. because Bradley's gone through almost a half a ride with his team with 8 or 10 PSI in that rear tire with Tannis Armor, and he didn't even know. Oh, wow. because it's just, it's so good at like keeping the form of the tire. Mm. And so, um, it's interesting Corbin complains
2: when his tire pressures are off by just a couple PSI. <laughs> uh, <laughs> of course I get blamed, you know, I'm the, I'm the dude setting it up. I also tend to forget to turn his clutch back on, on his derailleur. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, the tire pressure has actually been a, an interesting thing this year for us. Um, because we started out way too high, um, plus a different uh, different sidewall, um, stiffer sidewalls, which didn't require near as much pressure uh, and that was totally my fault for not really assessing that um, which made for some really slippery days I actually yeah. you know running at 25 psi uh, and and couldn't keep the bike underneath them even in dry conditions. so I don't know. yeah, going down a couple psi
1: um, should help a lot. So then as far as, like, on-trail tips and advice, we can use this as kind of a brainstorming session of what well, we want to talk to the kids about tomorrow. Yeah. So what what are some of the things that, like, they need to keep themselves motivated and, like, just uh, happy with the results regardless of what happens? Yeah, I mean, I've been saying to Sam,
0: hey, you know, the kid who doesn't crash is probably the one who's going to win. It's not the kid that's riding, you know, my chicken or whatever, because that kid is definitely going to crash on... Sunday, um, it's more about, you know, staying within your limits and, and,
1: uh, keeping your bike under you. Yeah. I mean, rubber side down is a super important thing, but like, it is a race. And my concern with Bradley is like, I thought about saying exactly what you said, but Bradley's brain works in such a way that if like, he actually imprints that and then crashes, Uh, he's going to white, he's going to completely rule himself out and he's going to go into a spiral they will stop him from wanting to do anything. So, like, my my current um, focus for him is, you're going to crash. Oh, okay. You're, it's just going to happen. So, like, and everyone is going to crash. Yeah. That's, this that's is terrible conditions. Right. right. So, let's just accept it. Move on. And know if you're not injured, right, we talked yesterday about when he got hurt on his leg. He's like, I'm injured. I'm not going to be able to ride. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about this. What is an injury? Okay, like an injury is something that stops you from doing something that needs rehabilitation or surgery, something that is serious. Mm-hmm. You're not injured. You're hurt, right? Unless you broke your leg, you're hurt. This is something that's you're gonna get over quickly. And sure enough, by that night, he was running around the camp like nothing had happened. Yeah. You know? And so I'm trying to help him identify okay, in his mind, language I think matters a lot and so if he's able to assess i'm injured or i'm hurt if i'm hurt i can go then he knows it's short term Mm -hmm. you know and he can push through that but if he doesn't expect if he thinks that falling is going to keep him out of the race or competing in the race which is not the case because sam took third Mm -hmm. in a massive good field last two two weeks ago or whatever and he had a big fall. Yeah, he did. And Bradley's podiumed... Half of his podiums last year were, including falls. Okay. Yep. Yeah, That's know. actually what um, motivated Corbin in recent races, that
2: if you crash, uh, if you can manage to get up and get back riding again, there's absolutely a chance of getting on the podium because he's seen his friends do it, um, which is a change in mindset from early last year where he, he crashed, uh, thought he was totally out of it, and didn't didn't really... Um. He didn't really try the the rest of that stage. Is actually the next stage. You realized that he probably could still do well uh, and rode hard. But like it was the change in mindset. Like yeah, you can crash and still do okay because other people crash too. Um, it's it's a bit of a luck of the draw um, and see what happens. But like you you push hard if you can, yeah. um, and also like the, the the difference in mountain biking versus other sports is. It is legitimately scary because it is legitimately dangerous um and they recognize that, and the things that they're doing like they're scary to everybody it doesn't matter who you are um mm-hmm. and you have to you always have that in the back of your mind as you're going through it um as to how how to deal with that and and continue pushing through the races right. and of course the races you're you're riding so much faster than you would ever ride at trail speed. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: That's the one thing I was hoping that their team, their race team, would do a lot more of, and they haven't done as much this year yet. Is, and I wrote the, the coaches an email about this spe- specific thing, and that is the kids, the, the only way to get them to ride faster is to let them ride fast. They need to ride at race pace more frequently. Mm-hmm, yeah. Their bodies and their minds, their reaction times, they're all so fast. But the only way to improve it is to push themselves, right? That's why, like when um, it's really, really good for Sam and Bradley and Corbin to ride with Jaden, is because he's just like three, four percent faster than they are. Yeah. And so, like, keep up with J- with Jaden. Yeah. It's gonna push them. They're gonna learn that they can do things they wouldn't expect. That they can take that turn faster. That there's, you know, ways of of eking out little improvements. And, uh, they haven't been doing too much of that yet this year in their race team. It's like mostly been like sessioning things, you know, looking at lines, which is good stuff. Right. But
2: I think riding at speed. So what's interesting is in the team and they get kind of, you know, a a big group of, of rowdy kids who want to ride fast, but there's, they've also the, they've got a lot of energy and a lot of kind of attitude when they're all together in this big team, um, and they don't necessarily self-organize in, like, the fastest person in front, the yes. slowest person in the rear, Yeah. because for whatever reason, they don't. Uh, if they ride with, if it's just just the small group of kids, where it's, you know, Jaden and Bradley and Sam and Corbin, or, or even smaller sets, but they will absolutely self-organize mm-hmm. before they drop into every trail they stop and they say, okay, who's going first, who's going second, who's going third? And they always organize in the same way. They know who rides what trail fastest, and then they then they chase each other down the whole trail. Yep. And they're not too far off of each
1: other. It's not like they really you know, separate.
2: Yeah. But they're just enough to where every person is chasing the next person, and they push past
1: Yeah, I, and I found that that works really well for them. And that because it is a smaller group, it's easy for them to organize. Mm. I actually did write an email to the coaches, too, and suggested some ways... that they could try to organize the team right and the one day like where I went early and did a race prep ride with the team I actually was stopping the kids 30 seconds and like letting them run okay you go you know wait wait okay you go 30 seconds later and just letting them get after it because Bradley said he's very been very frustrated there's one kid specifically just like he's like I'm the fastest but he falls in behind Jaden falls in behind Axel because he really knows he's not the fastest and then Bradley says he will wait 15 to 20 seconds, and within 15 to 20 seconds, he'll have caught up to him. Okay. And then he'll get on his brakes, and then Sam's behind him, and J- and and uh, Corbin's behind him, and they're like, Whoa, why are we slowing down? And Bradley's like, Because I'm trying to get some space between me and this guy who's going 70% of my speed. Right. So I can actually go fast, mm-hmm. you know? And so, like, I get it with free ride. Mm-hmm. That's different. You know, free ride's like, Let's find a rock to dink off of. Yeah. But, during the race team, they need that experience of riding fast because they have to be able to perceive the trail coming at them at a certain speed and pick lines and react to it, you know. And um, it could be more – more a a good solution
2: is really just more rides of the smaller groups Um, because I also feel like uh, there's less pressure when the smaller groups go out. They just – they're having a lot of fun together, kind of kind of goofing off like a bunch of kids do. Yep. Um, but they also want to, in this context, they want to ride fast. And so they automatically self-organize so that they can ride as fast as they, they want to. Um, yep. And then there's also no pressure on the ride. Nobody gets upset. Like, so-and-so rode fast for me. Nobody cares. Yeah. I'm just out there having fun.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so. Yep. And they pick their order. And one thing I did notice is that. I think that Sam is self-organizing himself to the place where he thinks he should be based on last year. Oh yeah. But he also, I think likes to watch Bradley's lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They both do. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's one of those things where like, cause I think Sam might be just a little faster than Bradley right now, just as a overall writer, you know? And, but I think he likes watching Bradley's lines cause Bradley, he hates sessioning, but he has a natural eye for picking lines Yeah, and seeing things that I just don't even see, you know? Like, he was the first one to try to triple that route, and I'm just like, <laughs> what? What is that? That is even a thing, you know? Of course, that's the thing that hurt him the yeah. second time around, but, you know, uh, it makes a lot of sense, you know? And I think, actually, it's really smart of Sam because Bradley's going fast enough to challenge him, but then you can also watch someone... Mm-hmm. And then, like, make a decision, pick your lines. And I don't think Bradley gets to watch Jaden too much. So then about 30 seconds, Jaden's, Jaden's, you know, he's like 15, 20 yards ahead. And that's enough where you're not seeing their lines anymore. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Corbin enjoys watching other riders. He likes learning what other riders are doing. He's probably the most conservative of the bunch, really. Um, they they all, they're they're definitely all little boys who who have a ton of energy and, and will throw themselves down a mountain, Corbin is the least likely to do it first. Um, and so he likes to follow Sam and Bradley and Jaden down this kind of stuff just to – you see someone else do it, you're know, like, oh, okay, they did it. That's, that looks cool for me. I can I can totally do that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I wasn't surprised when – because Bradley's been looking at that feature at uh, post-Double-D for like a year. Uh-huh. uh-huh and i said like well who hit it first and he's like i hit it first my coach jake i just dropped in right after him and hit it and then he's like and then sam hit it and corbin hit it and they just like hit it like mm-hmm. right after that as soon as it's like one of their buddies does it they can all do it, they all do it. you know that was that night that they uh, that
2: corbin came home and told us you know most of the time it's been like every every week he comes home and tells us the list of new features that he's hit and this was the first time that we that that my wife and I kind of said, good job. Yeah. I sure hope we don't continue uh, going this
0: big. No. Like, that's a legitimately big feature. I hit that point when they were doing Barn Door last year and even FMX, honestly. That was, it got. Yeah, those are uh, nerve-wracking. Yeah. Like, to watch them fall for,
2: it's like seconds that you they come off that drop. Like oh, yeah. 2001, 1002. Right, yeah, you're in the air a long time when something like that. Um, yeah, but what the cool thing about the team as as far as I love it, that they that they get to try new features with their coaches, and their coaches all have kind of different personalities and different te- teaching methodologies um corbin is a little bit more uh, conservative and cerebral about how he approaches these things he wants to know like what's the technique what's the speed how do you like to hit it um some of the other kids are like if coach jake does it i'm going right after it the same way he does um <laughs> okay. but what's cool is they also have learned how to teach each other within this group so corbin has found that uh many features uh jaden is a good toe for him he will uh also follow sam into some stuff however he, he notices that sam has he actually rides features slower than what uh, mm-hmm. corbin is comfortable with sam has a ton of pop yeah you know, he's, he's got that yeah. um which initially is a little bit too slow for your know, first time riding stuff so like they've all figured out like what features they're comfortable following which riders mm-hmm. um, and then they can all help each other and that happened late last year. I thought it would be really cool to see that happen.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because that Bradley has told me he's not comfortable following anyone into features. He oh, wants really? to do it on his own. <laughs> and like, uh like maybe to your coach, okay, or something. <laughs> he's just like, No, I ain't got this. <laughs> like, yeah, well, and, and it's happened because you get a ba- you have a bad experience one time, right? Where, you know, everyone does pop differently. Everyone yeah. like some people yep. scrub a jump, some people stand up to the jump, some people pop it, some people and so, like, the things that some people can clear going, like, half the speed of other people, yeah, it's just, it makes a big difference. I need way more speed than the boys to clear. Yeah. The step
0: up, even. On, yeah. You know. Yeah. It's, like, I need scary speed, and I still
2: can
1: barely clear it. Yeah. I have no techniques. So I rely on velocity to give me over the years. Yes. <laughs> Basic science and inertia. <laughs> that's what we got going for us. That's, right. yeah. that's how an engineer clears an obstacle.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Straight speed.
1: Well, I'm pretty excited about this weekend. I'm also very nervous, very you know, nervous. about it. Uh, very nervous. I felt this way also at sunrise because it was similar conditions, oh, yeah, yeah. similar, Rudy trails. And sure enough, Bradley had a fall. And like a. The, the saving grace here is nothing is s- steep. <laughs> you know? I don't know. Some of those turns on Atlas are kind of. <laughs> Atlas is a bit steeper, but at least it's not quite as Rudy, you know, yeah. and, um, but some of the stuff we rode in Arizona was so steep that it was like, n- it was nerve wracking, you know, yeah. how steep it was. And then it was wet on top of that. And so I felt like I've gotten more nervous at each one of these races.
2: Um, they just, you know, as a parent, you know, you worry about the kid, you also worry about yourself, like. These are now we're getting into the territory where they're just not comfortable for me to ride all the time. Um, I feel like this is an area where uh, probably a lot of parents feel like this because uh, we're not the only ones who have this concern. When you get out there, uh, mm-hmm. where you really want to have a an adult with with the kid, but there's not enough of them to go around. Yeah, yeah.
1: I am convinced, though, to some degree, for Brian specifically. I don't think it's a technique issue. I think it's a bike issue. (laughs) Uh, You've got a great lightweight trail bike, but these boys are not riding lightweight trails anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so that's, that's one of those things that like, I was answering a Facebook post the other day. Somebody said like, how do you know if you're overbiked? And I'm like, there's no such thing as (laughs) overbiking. You know, it's more insurance is what you're, what it is, you know? and so i've ridden
2: some big enduro bikes in the past um and they definitely feel i mean they i'm specifically thinking of of, uh, a yt capra yeah
3: it's
1: a big
2: one. which was a i think it was a 170 bike um and it was pretty much a point and shoot you didn't really have to care what was in front of you You just like sent it down the trail yep uh and you'd be fine it didn't matter what your line was Sort of what you need, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, I think that kind of uh, right. uh, probably makes yeah. sense now. I mean, we are racing Enduro, so maybe an Enduro bike would be appropriate for
1: me to be riding. No, <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, that's what, like, th- now we know, we heard it. He said it. He needs an Enduro bike, right? This isn't a let's get a Fox 36 and put a 150 on my trail bike. Yeah. This is an Enduro bike purchase.
2: I think that means I need two bikes, though, because my re- regular trail riding, I still need a trail
1: bike. You do not? It's more fun that way. Just get an enduro bike the pedals, you'd be fine. Yeah, it, you know what? If, worst case scenario, you just have to do more work. You get more fit. Yeah, it's true. true. Yeah. So I'm, and it's it is kind of why I settle on the on my Evo, because it, I had the enduro, mm, the bike's definitely designed for better riders than me, and the Evo is a long enough trail bike, lightweight enduro. I'm running a 170 in the front. And it's a 150 in the rear, but you can get a cascade link to make it a 160. So, I think that's perfect for me because anything that if I need anything more than that, I need to be going slower. I right. think that's the that's the key. But I, I'll tell you, some of these 170 bikes have bailed me out of trouble where I know if I was riding a 140 bike, I would have been toast. Huh. You know, and you're really talking like that's what an inch difference in travel. Yeah. But it's all off the top right it's like that initial protection is right there in the very beginning and man yeah it makes a big difference
2: yeah yeah it just spreads out the i mean so on my uh 140 trail bike uh what's funny is in post canyon it feels great it is like the perfect tool for the job out there and in almost all of the trails yeah and then we come up here to washington and all of the trails are rooty and rocky and of course we're riding kind of fast, uh, trying to keep up with the boys and it's punishing. Mm-hmm. Um uh yeah, I I think up here in Washington is the only place that I routinely bottom out my fork. Um whereas in post, I think I went for an entire year and never came close to bottom yeah. Not. So,
1: <laughs> flow trails. Yeah, that's true. I mean, for your local trails and the way you the way you like to ride those trails. Yeah, it's a trail. It's not like right yeah. in the hardtail there, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, it's, it's fine. It works great. Because there's not like a rock anywhere on the mountain other than two trails. Yeah. Yep. But, yep. No, but that's not like here. So, well, it's, what is it, Friday night? And we didn't get to ride today. Yeah, we could have.
2: We, we chose not to We, we, we could I chickened out, yeah.
1: I told Jaden <laughs> I would ride later today with him if he wanted to go up, but he had already gone and we talked about it, but of
2: course, you know, in our planning, we also didn't bring near enough rain gear to be riding the exact weather. You know? And I was like, it's just going to be such a mess. Um, so yeah, I mean, maybe tomorrow after the rain subsides a little bit and of course the adults tear up the trail, maybe we'll consider going out and looking at it again. But if not, we'll ride it and see how it goes. Uh, I think that, that enjoying ourselves is kind of key. I don't know. I, I I try to remind uh, Corbin a lot that we're out here to have fun. Um, so type two fun, (laughs) (laughs) very type two. Yeah. But like, you you know, if, if, if we're not feeling confident that we're going to ride this thing super fast, well, that's fine. I mean, there, there are other races. I mean, the conditions aren't ideal. They're not ideal for anybody. So, Everybody's going to ride it just as slow as everyone else tomorrow.
0: Yeah, on Sunday. Yep. That's what I keep trying to remind Sam. Yeah, like, this is a really hard race. Scores for everybody in the category, not just you. So
1: you're not at a disadvantage here. It's just going to be hard for everyone. Yeah. That's the thing. So when I played golf competitively, I loved it when conditions were bad. I loved it. Because, I mean, I was never, like, the most talented golfer in the world. But where I was really good was my mental strength. When, t- when conditions got bad, really bad, my I, my game yeah. went up. I got I got more focused, I got more committed because I knew that there were going to be players, and in this case, right, riders who were just checking themselves out. Mm-hmm. They can't handle it. They're not going to push through. Every little route is going to be some big obstacle in their mind. Every turn is going to be a problem one crash and they're done. And I was able to always kind of push through the mindset of that. And so I knew if I was teeing off on the first tee and it was dumping rain, I had a five stroke advantage Mm -hmm. off the bat, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm hoping that like that I can help Bradley think of racing in these conditions that way. Because there is this the same course for everybody. Mm -hmm. There's not going to be any different, right? He's got, these kids all have, no, no excuses equipment-wise. They've got the best of the best bikes. They have, you know, they're on the same trails as everybody else. And so the biggest difference on race day is going to be between their ears. Yeah. Completely.
0: I really do wish we could have practiced at least <laughs> once in these conditions. But, hey, you know, maybe tomorrow we'll see. I kind of doubt it, though.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if we'll be able to even talk the kids into to to riding. I don't know how we would do it. We've got no way to get cleaned up, really. I don't care with it, you know that. Besides, notg, Atlas and side hustle will be fun. Mm -hmm. Atlas might be a little bit messy to be considered straight fun. Side hustle, which is the last stage of the day, should be an absolute blast. Should be a fun way to end it. Um, And we haven't pre ridden that at all because it's not. It's it's very much like our flow trails at home, so. Them. and we've ridden it before. Maybe we'll watch the video
1: of it from last year just to refresh our memory. But other than that, I'm actually the most worried about side hustle.
0: I think it's going to get greasy, gr- don't you?
1: Like, yeah, like, those yeah. berms I think are going to get really greasy. And my biggest crashes personally have been in trails that are flow trails when they get wet, and, and I just fast my back tire just goes yep yeah. right up the side of a berm, and I go over the top, and I'm or I'm falling on my side and my hip, and then like. No good, because you're carrying a lot of speed in those trails, Yeah, you know? And so that is that is actually the trail. Because I, I think going in, the boys are going to be, like, already sort of in their mind about, okay, these are the conditions on these difficult technical trails with roots. Side also, they're going to be like, yeah, let's send it. Whoa. Yeah. Or a yeah. You know? Could be. Could be. Those are some epic
0: brake bumps, too. I, I've never seen potholes like that. Or no, i not there break but,
3: up
1: there. I haven't uh, seen it yet. One thing we could do without the kids, you and I, and if we can tow Brian, we could go do a lap on side hustle tomorrow on our own uh, Yeah. after the after the adults and just see how it looks. Yeah. yeah. You know, because we could just blast up. We can do the double toe strategy that I've right. been talking about. <laughs> choo choo train. Choo choo train. Yeah, I've been talking about choo choo train, trying to find the efficiency in towing kids. What we've been doing is. Two to one or one to one, depending on how many we have. And it's always like the two to ones lagging behind the one to one. So we thought, what if we did a train where we put Zach and me in the front, two ropes to the first rider, and then a train behind them? Would it actually be more efficient? I think it would be. <laughs> Yeah, the lead the
0: lead horse has to be
1: uh, that would have to be you. I, I'm always trying to keep up on the climb. Well, I'm just saying like we were in tandem next to each other. Oh, gotcha. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think so. Tomorrow we try that with Brian. We and and I think we could do 10 miles an hour up that thing. Yeah, like a put it V formation. Yeah, so we'll have value V. It'll be good. <laughs> we'll yeah. Just run side hustle, and then if we got. Time or whatever, we can do whatever. But we could that that would be connecting the bikes in parallel for anybody who's
0: ever right. like, oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think parallels better than series because you overload the the first rope otherwise, right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm really glad that our our you know listeners are our parents, <laughs> and not actual mountain bikers, because we just lost half our viewership when you guys engineered on our <laughs> podcast, <Geeks>. just as <laughs> <machine> geeks. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so, I mean, I'd be interested in actually doing that, you know, checking it out or even, you know, I know we can't tow, so they changed the rules. We're no longer allowed to tow the kids right. on the Friday before mm-hmm. and or Saturday for practice laps, so that means that we had to extend our trips now. We have to come up Thursdays instead right. and Right. to do, to do our tow laps, which is kind of annoying, actually. I don't, I, I'm not sure why they... I just, you know, I need the practice, damn it. I need... <laughs>
2: I don't know. Uh, I was thinking about this last year when they kind of started, when that that rule started to creep in, it was kind of like less and less shuttling and then it was no e-bikes and then it was no e-bike towing. And I was thinking about this and I don't know as if I'm totally against that rule. Um, I think that it might keep it more equitable since mountain biking is already an insanely expensive sport. True. If you throw on top of that, the fact that to get an advantage of practice day of having an e-bike, which is another, you know, five, $6,000, uh, that, that further kind of like separates the groups of, you know, kind of haves and have nots. I don't know. Maybe it it helps keep it a little bit more equitable if everybody who's enduro has to pedal. And the other, you know, part of enduro is not necessarily being able to see the trail that much beforehand. Mm-hmm. part part of the experience is you're riding it kind of half blinds you've never really seen these courses unless it's your home course that experience of like well i've seen it once maybe twice and uh, now i'm going to go race on it and it's up to you um, as a rider to be able to on the fly pick your lines as opposed to memorize your lines because um, i feel like the pros uh, are thrown into that situation as well where they They get to pedal a route once or twice and then they have to race it. And it's all up to them to be able to pick those lines as they go down the trail. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's kind of an experience thing that I'm like, well, it's that's just part of the experience.
1: It also is there's there is a lot of value to having them pedal, like you know, they're only gonna get stronger by doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean having doing the climbs themselves. Like I'm sure Corbin on race day. He's going to be out in front of Bradley climbing because Bradley's been getting towed a fair amount. Mm -hmm. You know, at the same point in time, like, and I do agree, I do agree with a lot of what you said. Um, However, we would tow Corbin, just so you know, we would tow him (laughs) if you got here. He has absolutely been towed. (laughs) Multiple times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so, but with that being said, like, um, you know, it is a race down the mountain you know, that's the time section. And on race day, if they make the climb happen, yeah. then there's nothing wrong with, you know, within the rules, uh, giving your kid the biggest advantage possible. Oh. You know, and I'm and in, in two years, he won't need a toe. He'll be 12 or 13 years old and he'll have legs for days. And, you know, there's actually, I think Zach was mentioning somebody who you know who recently was saying, or maybe it was you, Brian, who said, like, kids shouldn't pedal. Until they're a certain age,
0: yeah. Age ten was what they told me because yeah. you're just going to burn them out. Basically, their bodies physiologically aren't really up for it. It's very
2: rare to see kids that will enjoy kind of that that suffering. Like yeah. I, I think Carbon is the only kid I've ever seen who, off the bat, didn't mind at all pedaling. Um, but uh, it's it's pretty rare, and you can definitely make the sport pretty awful to begin with yeah. and i spent a lot of time towing him just on on my bike my my regular bike um because to me i was like well i need the exercise anyways so it's not bad for me to to tow, tow him when that was back when he was like seven years old um of course that's you know a total uh that's that's a really awful experience as a parent to try to tow, get up a hill but uh you get in shape really fast
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's all mindset, right? How are, how are you looking at it? What are you doing? For me yeah. too, towing him early on was like, uh like when he was eight years old, nine years old. I'm like, you want to go on a ride today? And he was just like, uh, I don't want to pedal. Yeah. Well, when I coached golf, it was the same thing. You get young kids into the sport, and you start like having them do drills, right? Well, like mountain biking. Like if you just drop your kids into doing cone drills mm-hmm. or like sprinting up mountains, yeah. they're just not going to love the sport. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So there's a, there's a period of time when they need to like Bradley now understands, like I'm going to earn my turn sometimes, right. you know, and like I'll bribe him or give him a little reward at the end, you know, some ice cream or something like, Hey, if you get through this climb this day without complaining, good attitude, ice cream, mm-hmm. you know? And usually that's enough to keep him motivated because he knows he can do it. He knows he can do the climb now. He will be the slowest one. I know that. Already. You know, uh, going up. He'll be the slowest one. But who cares? Right. Yeah. You know? I feel like none of them really complain that much anymore. No. It was a lot different a year ago. Yeah. You know, a lot different. Two years ago at Tiger here, we signed him up for the the same category sport and And we went out the Thursday or Friday before, and he was eight, and he was riding a Marin Hawk Hill, which is an aluminum 27.5 bike, and it was huge for him, and it was 36 pounds. It was a great bike. It was heavy, but he weighed 70 pounds, you know. And he did a 3,000-foot day Uh. that day. It was his first race ever. And he did a 3,000-foot day on the practice. And I said, because this is what I read in the rules, you have to finish the course in four hours. (laughs) (laughs) And so we get to the top of the final stage in his practice run, and he says, how long have we been on course? And I said, three hours and 50 minutes. (laughs) And he's like, i got to go, we got to go. And he starts bawling, panicking, I'm never going to get done. And it was the worst, because it was actually he was writing down OTG, as an eight year old, yeah, uh, and howdy, pretty rowdy, yeah. pretty rowdy. And so, like, there were some features that he was just like, it was over his head, but he was swimming as hard as he could because he wanted to finish, prove himself that he could do it. So, we fi- we get, and I said, I keep going, Bradley, it doesn't matter if you finish it or not, like, don't worry about it, it's fine. We get down to the bottom, it took us because the kind of the climb out of there, or whatever, it took us like 20 minutes from the time we dropped in, or 25 minutes, so we were late. Based on my imaginary or my thought, the timeline that we had, and we asked them, and they go, "Oh no, it doesn't matter. Just whenever you finish, as long as you keep moving." Yeah, we're not. And I'm like, "Great," but he's like, "I got to do it in four hours still." So we down, well, we downgraded him because it was too much for him. Oh yeah, You know, yeah. it's a brutally long day. Yeah, and he did it. I was really proud of him. He did it, and he did it mostly without complaining. But a part part of the reason why is because Tiger's climbing trails. Are so good, right? Like that Link. one at the very, one, the very top. I hated that trail. Oh, Power Link or whatever. Yeah, Power
2: Link. That thing is just, yeah. They keep you on your toes. They're not like smooth post canyon climb trails. There, there's, there's always something going on. You have to pay attention, but they're fun. Yeah, uh, we have a good time climbing together. Uh, that's actually, you know, when you go out mountain biking with your friends, the climb is is where you get to chit chat. Yeah, and we we've turned that into. Um, just a social time for Corbin and I. It's one of the few times that we get to, like for hours at a time, get to just talk with each other as we're
1: pedaling up. So I think it's a really actually relaxing experience pedaling up. I need to be a better conversationalist. Yeah. I just don't know. I don't know what to talk about. I should come up with a list, like put it on my hand or Sam. Sam and I would do that when we'd go to Post Canyon on the way. He'd say, all right,
0: we need to come up with a list of topics to talk about on the client. So I don't, hate it yeah. <laughs> and so we would think about i was like he's he would ask me a question i'm like let's i'll save the answer for the client you know and stuff so yeah. we'd have our uh our chit chat
1: and yeah. what well, we did a race in uh in there uh, we did two races in arizona on the off season this year and the second one it was really rough the the final stage was like a 19 minute xc race through super chunky tech it was the worst we hated it oh yeah and um but the climb out of there, he did beautifully. He, he even after having a really hard stage, emotionally, physically, he climbed out of there and did a 12 to 1400 foot climb without stopping, mm-hmm. just boom, boom, boom out of there. And he's like, that was really fun. And it was, it was all about the conversation that we had, mm-hmm. you know, and he was another kid there with him that he was talking to a lot. And so, like, in the past, I, I like, at the post-Canyon race, I'm like, okay, let's stick together as, you know, trying to get them to stick together. But for whatever reason, like, they all have their own speeds, and they go ahead, and they, and so then, like, I'm like, ah, uh, you know, like, they're not sticking together. So, Bradley then, at, at post, of course, gets kind of like, oh, I'm just going to end, you know, but. If he was with Sam or Jaden or somebody like that, it would have been just maybe like, you know, talk, 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 talk. We
2: caught you guys for a while. So we, uh, the post-Canyon race, Corbin decided he wanted to race expert because he wanted to do the full race, everything. And in order to do that, he basically had to go all the way to the bottom and then all the way back up. And so as we were coming up, and we thought that we were going to be the last ones getting back in because all of the experts had passed us. Because we had to race up uh, an age group as well. So all the older kids had passed us. We popped out onto the gravel road and started catching all of all of our friends. All of the sport riders were coming out right then. And so for these, like, 15-minute stints as we're climbing back up, he would catch one of his teammates, and they would chit-chat for a little while. And then Corbin was like, all right, I'm going to take off go up the hill. And he would blast up the hill and catch the next person. And we did this the whole way to the top. I think Bradley was the last one that he was hanging with for the last, I don't know, it was probably a mile and a half or something like that. We were together uh, as we crested the hill. And then he was like, all right, see you later. I'm gonna catch you at the top with the taco wagon.
1: Yeah, it was we like, t- and we took off. Uh, <laughs> it's like the last 150 yards, uh, like after we crossed the little river, the bridge, Yeah. that's in Corbin. And, and there's like, there's literally a pull off to the left down into the, the dam area. Yeah, it was fun. But that's exactly what Bradley needs, you know, and I just don't know how to get it to happen because every kid has their own process for like how they want to do their climb. And it may not mean waiting for, you know, one of their teammates, you know. Yeah, it's interesting because it's such a long,
2: such a physical experience that how how their own mind and how their own body feels is much more important than them sticking with their friends. Uh, I was kind of surprised that Corbin didn't just hang with his friends the rest of the way up. He's like, no, 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 I, I just really want to pedal a little faster than this. He's like, I, I got to keep going. For whatever reason, that's just what his pace was. Um, and
0: and all of the kids kind of do that.
1: Yep, for sure.
0: That's what I did too. Actually, I was feeling really good on the climb, so I, I went off ahead and then Sam caught me. It's like what are you doing like, I don't know I felt good I'll let you hang with your friends <laughs> I'm like I'm just trying to get in shape here yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah
1: well that's two more days one more day lounging tomorrow maybe we'll go for a little pre-ride ourselves a dad bod pre-ride yeah and just report on conditions maybe I'll take the camera we can they can watch us fall or something
0: <laughs> <Sweet. laughs> yeah.
1: Pan is. I don't want to get hurt I've done that before a race that's true yeah But, uh, awesome. Well, we finally did another episode and we'll check back in tomorrow when we talk to the kids. Right. Yeah. That would be good. So let's, uh, let's do that. All right. Until then. All right. We're back. Dad MTV podcast. And today we are actually going to talk to the kids, the legends, the ones who are going to be racing tomorrow. And the topic is race prep. Especially since uh, we're racing, how would you how would you guys um, describe these trails?
4: Lord. Um techie, very techie. So yeah, they're techie, wet, and it just rained a bunch, so they're very slick.
1: Yep. So we all know, right? That um, what's the one thing you can count on tomorrow when it comes to the race? Go ahead.
4: You bought <laughs> your tires and leaning your bike side knob
1: okay using your side knobs nice any other things you guys want to try to keep in mind that you th- that already you guys are already thinking about
4: like like elbows up yeah elbows up or like visualizing the race course is what i do yeah, yeah. i like picture myself going through it beforehand yeah
1: nice so do you review footage like tonight or are you gonna
4: footage? like i just try to like remember where all the drops or the techie parts are and just like how you go through it yep. yeah i do the same thing
1: your lines yeah that's awesome so then going into tomorrow what are there any like um like features or any trails that you are looking forward to
4: um i'm pretty excited for notg i i'm excited for side hustle because of all the jumps and it's also like, really fun in the wet because I raced it in the wet. It wasn't that slick, but...
1: Oh, I forgot we did race that in the wet yeah, two I years did. ago. Okay. Yeah, it was, so that was yeah. nice because it's, uh,
2: it's not as stressful to think about, maybe, as some of the other sections.
1: Yeah, yeah side hustle, yeah. Be, you know, a little bit easier than maybe N O T G. Yeah. That makes sense. So, then, based on the conditions, right, wet, muddy, slick what are some of the things you guys want to keep in mind um for your sort of like keeping in mind before you drop in on the trail and the things you want to do while you're on trail
4: i mean i'm always thinking about having my elbows up body collision having fun
1: fun nice what else bradley have any ideas what have we been working on lately, Bradley?
4: Uh, we've been working on Let It Buck. Like, the, we watched um, one of the Lone Rangers videos, and he said to let it buck. Yeah. And basically, like, let your bike buck a bunch. Uh huh. And also, lean uh, your bike, and also attack braking.
1: Ta- what is attack braking?
4: Basically, you're going on like a really fast thing, and then you brake right before it. Because when you break, you use a bunch of your travel. Yep. So when you break before it, then you just go, like, basically no brakes into the next technical section. Uh-huh. And then you actually have, like, more travel.
1: More travel, more... What else do you lose when you're breaking, guys? Traction. Yeah. And traction, right? And travel. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you want to... Some of these features you guys are going to hit tomorrow, you are going to want to... Um, you're going to want to maintain or, you know, reduce your speed through some of the stuff, but you're not going to want to do it through the roots, through the rocks, because that's where you need your traction. Yes. If you're breaking over roots, you're falling on roots, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's not what we want. So even though it might be more scary, you're actually going to be able to be upright more frequently with less breaking through that tech.
4: Yeah, I think everyone here has fell fallen on roots. <laughs> yep. Free
1: that, <laughs> it happens, guys. So, so that brings me to falling. How many of you guys are going to fall on this race?
3: Probably all of us. Yeah.
1: It's very likely. It's very likely a lot of people are going to fall. I'd
4: rather not think about that.
1: Is it? Is it going to ruin your race? No. Okay. How many of you guys have fallen in a race and podiumed? How many of you guys have fallen in a race and podiumed?
4: And a tiger. Yep. And tiger. Two. Nice. I had a massive OTB on um, Easter or something.
1: Yeah, you did, and then what do you take? Third, right? So it doesn't mean you're out of the race. How do you assess whether your fall was like bad? You know, like
4: yeah, okay, yeah, can't get up. You wake up if you wake up in a hospital room, right? <laughs> that,
1: that is true.
3: Like what's the other way.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's any kicking yeah. out. So, but there's a difference <laughs> between being hurt or scared. Because most of the times, if you guys fall, do you actually get injured?
4: Yes. When fall, I get injured? Well,
1: Well, no. So the difference between injury and hurt is, (laughs) is it going to be something that takes you out of the sport for a period of time, like a week, two weeks? Is there rehab? Like, scraping your arm actually won't stop you from riding your bike, Mm -hmm. right? It's a flesh wound. It's not actually going to stop you. You're hurt in that case, right? You're not injured. So,
4: but if you like fracture your kneecap,
1: fracturing your kneecap would be an injury, right? That's a serious one, right? So if you can assess, am I hurt? Am I injured? And the other one I think, which is much more common, is am I scared?
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Yeah, that happens to me. You get scared when you fall. Everyone gets scared when they fall. So if you can self-check in when I fall, am I injured? No, because I'm moving everything. Maybe I feel a little pain. Am I hurt? okay, yes, I have a a scrape, but it's minor. I know that this is just going to go away in a couple weeks. Then what's the biggest issue then you're dealing with? Scared. Fear. Right? Fear. So fear is is not something that should stop you from doing, like, the race course, right? You guys are going there to do the race course. But so don't let it stop you from continuing on. Anybody else, any other, other dads have any thoughts?
4: I mean, I know when I fell a raging river last year, I just I could walk, I was okay, felt some pain in my leg, didn't care, jumped up and started pedaling.
2: <laughs> it took a minute though to reset, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it takes a minute to like realize that. Well, yeah, I'm okay. Uh, you have to like find your bike, you have to get it back on the trail. You know, at
4: the at the post canyon enduro, when I was on Blade Runner. I, I was going all fast into a corner. I clipped the pedal, and I went over the bars into the bushes. Yep. And 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 afterwards, I felt like I couldn't stand up, but I stopped, and I took a few breaths. And I and I got up, and I kind of uh, pushed it. Once I got on the bike and started riding it, I started to feel better.
1: Yep. A lot of yep. times, if you can do that self-check-in, it does take, like, breathing. It's a great way of kind of getting your bearings. Mm-hmm.
3: I felt that race, too, I, on the lower part of um, the surf here. Uh-huh. On no, it's true rollers. Oh, yeah. You get bucked off, them it's a too fast. Oh, yeah. And it, it took me a while because I landed in a hole, too, upside yep. down. And,
1: and those conditions were, were, were loose, right? But they weren't like it's going to be tomorrow. It's going to be pretty slick tomorrow. Now, you may also have a lot of hero dirt tomorrow. I mean, it's going to be possible that you're going to have a lot of really good dirt. But when the roots get wet, when the rocks get wet, things get slick, you know? And that's even more challenging to ride in than just like your post canyon stuff which you ride in every day you know and all of you guys fell last race
4: yeah right? I, fell on the sec- I fell on the second half after a surfer is i did the same thing as jaden on dirt surfer except for i was i was in the bushes um like stuck but I, I i could self uh check myself um while i was in the bushes and then the rider that was behind me like dragged me out of the bushes yeah uh- I did the same thing same. as Jaden on Blade Runner. I went too fast into a corner and hit a stomp and went OTB. Yeah, same corner. Yeah, I'm in the same corner <laughs> yeah, and, you're same corner and you're in the same stunt. Same okay.
0: exact thing. Yeah.
4: Wow. I I realized the GoPro footage in a little bit.
0: So Jaden, you you were the only one that's ridden um, since it rained. What? How was it up there?
4: It was awful. Like a lot, like most of the lines that we looked at were over the roots. So um, whenever we were going through there, like most of the lines that we looked at and we talked about, that would be good. You can't really do at that speed, yeah. the speed to do it anymore. Yeah. So, but I don't think it's going to be as bad today because our roots aren't very affected by four hundred people riding them. It's more of the dirt that I'm worried about. Yeah. So hopefully today, if it's if it's dry enough, then. The roots and rocks can dry up, and that's that's all that I'm worried about because the trails in was in great condition before, and I think that it'd be able to withstand a bunch of people riding. Yeah. I mean, the main thing I'm worried about is, like, um, there were a lot of holes below the roots that you had to, like, drop off of, and since it was wet out, everybody that um, rode, like, on Saturday, I'm worried that the holes are going to be, like, that much deeper or something. Yeah. I like, the dirt's been just, like, moved out of
3: the way.
1: Yeah. So the thing I think always helps me when I'm competing in a situation like this, right? In mountain biking or in any sport. You guys are all racing on the exact same trails as everybody else. So there's nothing unfair about it. It's it is the same conditions, the same trails, the same features, the same problems. And so maybe it's good for you just to think you're not racing against anybody else, right? It's it's a you against the clock you against the mountain. Yeah, you do your best and that's all you can do. And so don't be hard on yourself if you fall. Get up. If you're not hurt, laugh about it. Everyone's falling. It's like a slip and slide, right? So
4: Yeah, you're going
1: to you're going to you're going to have more fun if you laugh about it than if you get upset about it, okay? This is not necessarily the race to set a land speed record. Okay? This is the race where you wanna get stay upright if possible, and if you can't, laugh about it.
4: I mean if you wanted to, you could go on Strava and get like a KOM or something, but that would be kinda
1: That'd be sick. Yeah. Be cool if uh, Strava had like different weather condition, you know, KOMs. Yes, that
4: would be so cool. Should get the State cards. Like you know why cause that'd work for right on cause that'd work get because that roll—that's a fast roller. Imagine you will not be able to get enough speed to crash. You just <laughs> one of the one of the nails he had to stump don't, in one of the roofs it...
3: <laughs> Yeah.
4: Oh yeah, actually, you crash your bike's like the biggest hazard. <laughs> crawling,
3: <it's laughs> the... Mm-hmm. Only care about the good,
1: And and so then, like the last thing I think right is just to come back to the whole reason we do racing, in general, which is what? Why do we do this?
3: Have fun. fun,
1: right? Fun. That's it.
3: And you get better. And to win.
1: Yeah, well, winning is fun. Yeah. Right? Riding with your buddies is fun. Right? It's all fun.
4: Tr- trading. Well, the the kept-
2: trading stories about how each one of you had an adventure. Like, yeah. every one of you is going to have a completely different adventure going down there. Right? You're going to slip in different spots. You're going to have different things happen to you. And, like, afterwards, you
1: sit around and tell stories about yeah. how the day went. Yep. This is how I got muddy over here. This is how I got mud over here. I guess how I got this mud in my nose.
4: My face is all messed up. Yeah. <laughs> this is why my nose is back on the trail somewhere.
1: Yeah. Man. That's why we all wear a full face. It's
4: like in my hand.
1: <laughs> I mean, you're the one to talk. You've knocked several teeth out riding bikes. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Last, last yeah. Yeah. We all work. Last
3: year yeah. I for a craze. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, you know, like it's like I came it. out of the, like the expert category to the fish, yeah. and you heard him when he was coming off the of predator, you he heard this loud top of his tire exploding and his derailleur like going, and he was back reeling. No. And guess what? And he was covered in mud. He and he finished first place. No way! It's insane. Pushing the bike.
1: It's like a no chain finish.
3: No, like he he finished the bike with his whole tire exploded, not moving. That's what I meant. That's that's a lot of a lot. Yeah, you
4: know, like it's it's like the rider not the bike. On the last race in the beginning of the year, I went to a race in Spokane. And uh, we were watching a downhill race, and everybody, like, everybody in each category was kind of making their way through, kind of trying to avoid the rocks. And then then we hear someone coming down, and someone in, like, this old, like, 1900s bike, (laughs) like, old, old bike in, like, full of hockey pads comes in, and he just blasts
3: through over the rocks, over everything, and he wins his category. (laughs)
1: holy, right? That's sick.
3: He so like was a good duck suit on, and he was like racing in like a full floaty. Nice. We called it extra protection, but
0: <laughs> that's
1: perfect. That actually, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Well, I'm excited to watch you guys ride tomorrow, you know, and the climb is what? Something we survive? We just get up there.
4: It's actually a really nice climb. Yeah, it's not that bad a climb.
1: Yeah. You know, it's going to be a good climb. It's 3,000 feet, so you are going to be pedaling, but you guys have all done that. It's nothing new. You know, it's not going to be hot at all, so that's great.
4: Well, at least it, my mom always says it's not good. It's going to stop raining, and it just keeps raining.
0: <laughs> you know, nice. that that nice. yeah. That's, yeah, the, the forecast I would not been to on it this, this weekend, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well,
3: It's supposed to be dry tomorrow, apparently. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, it shouldn't rain all night, and it's supposed to be good tomorrow, so things might change a bit.
3: Okay. Is everyone here racing the expert?
1: No, there's no category for expert in their age group. They're running the 12U. Spoiler. Well, he, 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 could. Could. he could. He could. He could. I could. But he's yeah. never ridden Predator, so he would be riding a blind. Oh, okay.
4: Yeah, that means I can laugh when you can
1: tell
2: us how mm-hmm. it goes.
1: Yeah. I, okay, so I've heard, just what I've heard, Predator is, is basically just like N-O-T-G, just with, like, five or six big features.
3: And longer. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, if I podium, I get to pie you in the face. Okay, if, if you podium, I better therapy. give
4: you a hug. Bet, bet.
3: <laughs> if
4: you podium, <laughs> you can pie me in the face. Trash <laughs> Then
1: you can lick all the pie off your face. It's, a, it's a double win. You
4: know no, that. If, if I podium, then I. Have a hug. Yeah. Really. All right. All
1: right, guys. Well, good chat. Good luck tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. It's be fun. <laughs> Thank you for listening to CatBot MTV. Tune in next week for more advice from my contest parents. Toodles.